Hey, what up, Long Beach? It is crunch time for winter sports as the spring sports get ready to go at Long Beach State. And this is the only podcast talking everything Long Beach State Athletics. It is the LB Fee Show, hosted by the 562.org. Then I'm JJ Fiddler, joined as always by Andy Fee. What's up, Andy? How you doing? JJ, my man, always good. Enjoying a great start to the week and glad to be here with you today. Yeah, we got a lot to cover today. We will be joined later by softball coach Kim Souter talking about their upcoming season. Uh, but right now there are so many winter sports going on that we got to dip in there. How was your weekend? What did you see this weekend? Busy. We got, uh, this is my favorite time of the year. It's like uh, unboxing uh, presents during the holidays. You know, each, each sport as I get to unwrap it. Uh, so this weekend, women's hoop, uh, men's volleyball, we've got tennis going on, we've got women's water polo, men's basketball, baseball's, you know, is practicing out on campus diamond. Uh, so I, I was watching a little bit of everything, which is the best part of my job. The baseball team on the campus diamond because of uh, the construction of Blair Field, correct? Do you have an update on what's going on at Blair Field with the lights and everything? Yeah, we are in the home stretch. So we will um, officially right now take repossession of Blair Field on the 14th. It might be a few days earlier. Uh, the lights, as I think you and others hopefully saw online on social media, are amazing. So that, you know, the lights for the game, the game lights are, are functional. We've added more lights around the entire facility. So fans should feel uh, more illumination at uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field. And uh, we're actually also going to begin installation of a new sound system at Blair Field, which will be somewhat similar to the sound system, the new sound system in the pyramid. So fans will definitely hear and see much differently at Bull Diamond. You guys also have a little bit of breaking news, exciting for some uh, Southern California pro sports fans. It's going to sound a little different, both with how it sounds and who's making those sounds. At Bull Diamond at Blair Field. Andy, do you want to everybody, let everybody know about the exciting news? Yeah, so I uh, I was at a Dodger game. I'm a Dodger fan. I may have alienated half of Southern California and those listening, but... Well, less uh, than half, I'd bet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I am, uh, I am a Dodger guy, always have been, but I was at a game in August and just in between innings, I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm listening to the organ and I'm like, man, I just love that old school organ music. Uh, Dieter Rule, who is the Dodgers organist and the Kings organist as well, um, is awesome. The guy is unbelievable. So I sat there and I contacted him uh, via social media, just going like, hey, I got some questions. Do you think you could help me out? Long story short, uh, we will be installing an organ into the press box at Bull Diamond. And uh, Dieter Rule will be sitting in and playing said organ at Dirtbags games. So if you've been to Dodger Stadium, you know who Dieter is. If you've been to a Kings game, you know who Dieter is. And I'm excited. He's going to have artistic license to, to play, you know, the fun stuff. I know he'll play all the, the LBC music. You know, I saw a Kings game. He was, you know, they had Snoop in the audience in the crowd and he was playing Snoop's uh, greatest hits. And uh, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be another fan amenity that will make our games unique. I don't know, honestly, any other college facility that has an actual live organ. I know a lot of facilities, college baseball, they'll play the canned organ music, but a actual live organ, in effect, I think we 
I don't know. Unless someone comes up and tells me if there's another one, I don't think there's another college facility in the country like that. Yeah, it, it, Church of Baseball is, is in session. I absolutely love it. And Dieter is so cool. You know, I've been to plenty of professional parks and, and arenas and all that stuff. I've never heard anybody be more creative and funny and interesting than Dieter at Dodger games and Kings games, but specifically at Dodger games, you know, playing songs that rhymed with, uh, with players names or, or playing a song that references something that just happened on the field. Are you going to give him uh, artistic license to kind of let it fly at bull diamond at Blair field? A hundred percent. I mean, the guy is a pro uh, he has a great mind for it. He's quick. As you just mentioned, I mean, he's quick to pick up things that are happening in game he does his homework, he does his research. So, you know, some funny stuff tied to players' names and maybe musical acts. Um, he is, in my opinion, again, I'm biased, but I think he's the best. I mean, right now he's actually in China at the winter games. He is playing the organ at the ice hockey, uh, men's and women's ice hockey uh, at the uh, winter Olympics. So that tells you a little bit about who he is. And yes, hopefully he'll have us rolling uh, and cheering in Bull Diamond. Bowl diamond at Blair Field getting better every day. Good, good, good job by you, Andy. First of all, let me say good job by you. Get on social media and hit that guy up is just uh, that's the type of hard work. That's the grit that you want to see at Long Beach State, right? Hey, you never know. That's why I always like social media, you know, not that everyone's always responded, but you know, hey, everyone's usually good. And I said, well, you know, how the heck am I? I, I can't get access to the press box at Dodger Stadium. So, <laughs> hey, it worked out. And, uh, He's been fantastic. He really is excited about it. Obviously, that's a passion of his. And I think for him, uh, for us to expand in that way is pretty cool. And he's been fantastic working with us. And we cannot wait for him to get to, uh, to Bull Diamond and opening day on uh, February 25th versus Sexy. That is great news. I absolutely love that. Uh, I absolutely love the idea of being outside at Bull Donald Bearfield with all those dirtbag fans again. That's going to be great. Speaking of fans in the stands, you guys have gone through some limited seating in the Walter Pyramid because of the COVID-19 and Omicron and all that stuff. But now it's changing, right? Can, can you give us an update on what the fan limitations inside are right now at Long Beach State? Yeah, so we're at 50% capacity, um, which obviously is about, you know, 2250, I guess, would be about half roughly half of the seats. I'm really hopeful that next week we can move back to um, 100% where we previously were. Obviously, we'll have to see how the rest of the week goes and the weekend, but um, the president has, uh, President Conley has announced that uh, the campus will be back uh, in person on Monday the 7th, so a week from today. Classes will begin again on campus in person. So I am hopeful that we'll be back to where we previously were. Um, you know, we just got to keep the numbers down, which the numbers have been declining. I'm sure as others have, have watched and we can get back to where we want to be, which is our fans cheering on these great teams um, that we have in the pyramid. Men's women's basketball doing great. Men's volleyball ranked third in the country. Um, so it's important that the pyramid be loud and that those student athletes and coaches feel supported. Speaking of men's volleyball, how, how did it look the Walter pyramid over the weekend as the number three men's volleyball teams split matches with Ohio state and Penn state? Yeah, I think we had great crowds, um, you know, essentially probably maxed out at, at where we were in that 50% area. So, uh, but you know, we want to be in a place where that place is filled and, 
Um, you know, tough match versus Penn State, but um, this team is high flying. It is exciting. I think fans are going to come back uh, in mass. Um, that's what we hope. But, you know, based upon the conversations we've had, a lot of people are just waiting for that final okay and for us to get back. But uh, men's volleyball off to a great start at five and one. The only loss to Penn State, who was number, we're number three, they're number four. So, I mean, that's a final four weekend for us hosting Ohio State and Penn State. And to get the split, obviously we want the sweep, but to get the split against two teams like that who um, have had basically a week ahead of us. You know, we had that initial uh, opening week where our program was kind of uh, limited in, 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 in a quiet phase. So based on that, I think, you know, obviously Coach Snipe's not happy ever losing a match, but I think, you know, to be in it where we were against some teams that are a little bit further along than us, we're okay. And I think it's a great learning opportunity as well for this team uh, to understand that you have to bring it and bring it every set and can't let your foot off the pedal. So it was a fun weekend watching some of the best volleyball in the country. Another marquee matchup at Walter Pyramid this weekend, Long Beach State Men's Volleyball hosting number 10 USC Friday at 7 p.m. Obviously, you know where to get your tickets and get them quick, just in case. Men's basketball, we have to touch on a winning streak unlike any other. They're doing it with defense, but then they've also got guys like Joel Murray filling it up offensively. He averaged 16 points per game, had eight assists and seven steals in two road wins. That is six straight wins for the men's basketball team. They are now five in one in the Big West, sitting behind two undefeated teams in, uh, in Cal State Fullerton and Hawaii. So they are in good position. They are looking good. And more importantly, they're coming home. They're going to play uh, Bakersfield on Thursday at 7 p.m. and Cal Poly on Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, th those are games you've got to win if you want to make a, make a run in the tournament, right, Andy? Those are the teams that they're going to have to beat in Vegas next month. 100%. And then the following Tuesday, so a week from today, I guess, or whatever day it is, but uh, the 8th, I believe we have Fullerton. Uh, who is tied with us right now in the standing. So we've got three home games in a row before we head to Hawaii um, for the uh, Saturday matchup a week from this Saturday. So three in a row at home, Bakersfield, Poly, Fullerton. If you could, if you can get a sweep, you really put yourself in the driver's seat. Um, you know, as we say in league, if you hold court, if you hold serve at home, you win those home matches and you can get some road wins, you're going to always be in a great position. So, you know, for us, five and one right now, uh, six straight wins, you know, I think we're feeling good. And what I like about it is it's, it's a very balanced team. Uh, maybe not rebounding because uh, Kadir Abubakar Traore is a, just a monster on the glass. But in terms of scoring, we've seen uh, Joel Murray, we've seen Colin Slater, um, Jadon Jones, Jordan Roberts, you know, we've had a lot of guys step up and um, it hasn't just been one person, uh, which I think bodes well because, you know, some guys, you know, are going to have off nights and, you know, if you rely too much on one person, uh, it could hurt you. So I love watching this team play. That defensive intensity is unbelievable. I think the crowd, um, you know, the fans that I've talked to, they're loving watching it because of the energy level. And um, hey, you know, again, we, we can't control things like injuries and other things, but, you know, effort and attitude and, you know, we'll be all right because that effort and attitude are in a really good place right now. 
Yeah, and some incredible individual performances. We, we mentioned the men's volleyball team, uh, Alex Nikolov winning another freshman player of the week in the Big West. He was national player of the week in just his second week as a college player. I mean, he had two 20 kill performances last week. And then, like you said, Traore setting a modern era record with 23 rebounds in that win at UC Riverside. Even for women's basketball, they split their games at UC Riverside and UC Davis. But Justina King tallied her 10th career 20 point game against UC Davis. So those individual efforts are out there as well to be highlighted. So that's really good stuff for them. Women's basketball now six and two in the Big West. They're going to be at Bakersfield and at Cal Poly this week. Moving on to women's water polo. They are now 503 and three after picking up a win over Pacific on the weekend. Um, and Declare was able to score four goals in a win that went over Pacific. Uh, women's tennis did drop a match, but uh, but they're looking good as well, as is the indoor track team setting records. Information on all those Long Beach State athletic stories. The only place you're going to find it is the 562.org. We are now joined by our special guest coming into her 16th year as head coach at Long Beach State, where she was also a player, alum coaches. It's our favorite, Kim Souter. How's it doing, coach? How are you out there? I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, just getting getting fired up for season here, starting up next week, and uh, really looking forward to getting out there on the field. So You guys had one of my favorite moments from last year, sweeping Cal State Fullerton, just absolute grand larceny for that Big West Conference Championship. You got to do it at home. You got to do it in front of fans after uh, the, the crazy season you had before. It must have been so, so nice to have that moment. Well, when you think about that weekend right now, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Do you think about Kelly White? Do you think about, you know, how you were feeling or how it felt after the game? What, what comes to mind when you think about that magical weekend? Um, just... Uh... Pure joy, um, satisfaction, just uh, super happy uh, for for the team. I mean, every one of them, Kelly White, um, all, all of them, the seniors, um, they were determined. Uh, they had a goal and they just, uh, they worked so hard and we had so many players that, you know, we're team players and uh, just fought so hard for the team and uh, to see it all in that way was just, I mean, it was, uh, it was super rewarding and just what we play for. And uh, gosh, it was one of the, one of the best moments in my career for sure. So. It was, it was incredible. Um, yeah. The emotion you showed was probably my favorite part. You don't, you don't see a lot of emotion from Coach Souter, but uh, you let it fly a little bit, which was awesome. Yeah. So now you come back this season. Obviously, each year is new. Each year is different and the different challenges and everything. But when you came back and you kind of met with this group that's coming back for this year, did you flush last year or did you talk about it as a, I don't know, like a jumping off point? No, I, I definitely talked about it. And I mean, we have a we have a ton of players that, that returned from, from that team last year. And a lot of them that were, were a big part of it, whether they were, were on the field or, you know, just, uh, you know, role players. Um, it's, it, there was a lot to learn from last year and, 
um, just how, you know, the team battled and, you know, we're just trying to take, take the things we learned, the leadership that we had from a lot of our seniors and, and use that to, you know, um, start this, this season off. We have a lot of, a lot of new players, a lot of, you know, different, uh, student athletes competing, preparing for opportunities that, uh, that they've been working hard for. So it, it's definitely exciting. Um, I can't wait to, to see them, you know, get those opportunities now and, uh, you know, uh, continue to, to learn and grow and, and carry on uh, from what we did this past season. Who are you kind of looking to, to be leaders on this team? Is it a group that was there and contributing last year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we have a lot to find out here as, as we go, um, because there are so many new, new faces, but definitely uh, one returner that uh, had a, ha has had a great four years for us is Naomi Hernandez. She's been um, extremely successful. She's um, been a great leader for us right now, just came in a uh, very mature, uh, confident player. Um, has had a lot of success. So certainly looking look into her. Um, also, Kira Snyder um, has had had quite a bit of success um, with her her few opportunities um, offensively. I think she's gonna do great things. Um, in the circle, Sam Fowler um, led the way, is leading the way for us right now and uh, certainly stepped up for us and had a lot of, a lot of key moments last year to contribute to our, our championship. So um, her and uh, in the circle, I think Sophia Fernandez, I'm excited to see um, her get some opportunities out there. Um, didn't, didn't get much last year at all and has had a really good fall um, for us. So those are some of, some of the leaders. Yeah, talk a little bit more about Fowler. What, what, what type of uh, what type of pitcher is she in the circle? Um, Sam just uh, has a, has a lot of movement. She's got a lot of movement, a lot of different areas. Strikeout pitcher gets a lot of strikeouts, um, and you know she she just came in big um, last year for us and uh, in the in the circle against midway through conference. We we needed her and and she came in and and did really well. Um, throughout the, the end of conference, got a nice win against Cal. Um, but she's just very, very calm, doesn't show a lot of emotion at all, um, but uh, it works extremely hard, was ready for her opportunity and um, continues to work hard every day. And I'm excited to, to see her, you know, get, get a full season here. Is that kind of the personality of this team? Are they, they quiet, hard workers, or uh, are they having a little fun? Because I know last year there were a couple of girls on the squad who really enjoyed having some fun. <laughs> yeah, I think we're still we're still finding that out right now. I think there's so much newness, and um, everyone's kind of working hard to to see where they're going to fit in. And uh, it's it's kind of been business like. We're always going to have fun out there. Um, no doubt about it, but there's a lot of competition um, for the program right now, which is which is exciting. So we've just been kind of a business-like uh, approach and been working hard back in the weight room full-time after kind of being off from that last season. We didn't get much time in there. So 
both our, our freshman group and our sophomore group. It's kind of their first full-time year of a full fall in the weight room. And um, so they're, they're kind of feeling that at this point we're, we're pushing pretty hard and it, it's been full-time, which we, we hadn't been for a long time. So it's kind of trying to balance, keep them healthy, but uh, really get back to, to our full-time schedule of weight room practices and all that after since COVID. Yeah, that, that was literally my next question. So you guys are on a regular schedule right now, being able to practice like you would for any season prior to 2020? Yeah, we are. We are uh, still testing and we've had had a few players miss a few practices uh, um, due to positive tests, but nothing like it was last year. Um, they got it a lot, a lot more controlled and um, it, it hasn't impacted us too much at all. Just like I said, a couple players here and there that uh, have missed, missed a few practices, but overall um, it's, it's pretty much back to normal. What about for recruiting and the players who are just coming into your program right now? How different is it for them compared to any season prior to 2020? Like, you know what I mean? Like you have, do you have a much bigger roster? Are you having to make more decisions now than you would normally? Yeah, we do. We definitely have a bigger roster because we have uh, four, five of our players in a fifth year situation. So we are probably five more than we normally would have. So recruiting for us has kind of slowed down really with the 22 class because we have so many players um, within the program that we're developing and, and, uh, you know, I think the 23, 24 classes will, will start to, to get back to our normal recruiting, but it definitely, uh, we slowed down just because our numbers were so high and, um, we, we had what we needed right now and just needed to develop players. Do you do you have preseason uh, traditions? Like some coaches, like I always think of Phil Jackson, right? Phil Jackson was always giving people books to read specifically before the year. Do you have any preseason traditions with your players that you make sure you do every season? You know what? We, we've always read the energy bus. Uh, we haven't done that this season. We've been really focused on um, doing, working on a, a mindset um, focus and been kind of doing weekly things. Um, every week, which is a little bit different. Um, we tried just kind of with goal setting. Um, we spent a lot of time with that and our why, just positive self-talk and imagery. We're doing what we're doing a lot of mental training more than I think we've always done some, but uh, we're, we're focusing a lot on that right now. So that's, do you notice that maybe this generation or, you know, every year the uh, the players that are coming in might be a little bit more uh, amenable to reading a book like Energy Bus, maybe a little bit more up to doing more work mentally and working on their own their own self-care? Like, do you see a change in the in the players that are coming in as opposed to maybe players a few years ago where, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk about the mental side of sports as much as there is now? Yeah, I, I, they absolutely, it's one of their favorite things to do. Um, they, they, there's just so much good stuff out there and, and proven uh, information that, that can help them. So they love, they love to get a break, I think, from the physical grind um, and, and come in here and, you know, it's, it's really just teaching them life skills. 
um, that they're going to be able to, you know, carry on throughout their life. And um, it's a great way to use them and practice them through a, through a challenging sport. Um, so it, it benefits them on every level, makes them, you know, just stronger people. Um, and, and they know it's something they can carry on throughout their lives. So they, they really enjoy it and gotten a lot of good feedback from it. Now, pretty much everybody else on campus has a schedule release that, that we're paying attention to as journalists, right? We're like, okay, what are their preseason? When do they play in the other big teams in the Big West? Stuff like that. You, your, your guys' schedule has basically been the same for like a really long time. You're going to the same tournaments. Obviously, you've added the Puerto Vallarta trip recently, but like you're going to the Mary Nutter. You're hosting part of that Louisville Slugger thing. Like it's kind of consistent. Why is it consistent? And why do you like the schedule that you continue to come back to? Well, we love Puerto Vallarta. It's a, it's a great trip. I think I mean, a lot of people do, yeah. <laughs> All-inclusive ocean view for everybody. And it's just a great environment and great competition. Um, this is our third year going there. So um, we're getting the level of competition we want to play. We're getting a great experience. We do a clinic with the local kids there. Um, it just, we really, really enjoy it. It's a two and a half hour flight. It's an easy trip for us. Um, so that's, that's why we've kind of stuck with that. We enjoyed our trip to Arizona. So we're heading back there. That's an easy, easy flight and great competition. And, you know, Mary Nutter's always one of the top, top, uh, tournaments, uh, in the country. And we know that we're going to get to play some tough competition. So, um, it just feel like it's a really good balance for us. We like it. And, um, so we, we continue to stick with it and just every once in a while change one, one tournament up, but. Is there a game that you guys have maybe a little bit more circled on the preseason schedule that will kind of give you like a barometer for, for where you think this team is? Is it going to be early in the season? Well, we have a tough schedule as we always do, but we play seven of our first 14 games are against top 25 in the country. So we're going to play. We're going to know right away. I mean, we we're playing Washington and Arkansas uh, and Puerto Vallarta, who are both top top 25, I think top 10 uh, teams in the country. Um, and then the, the following weekend, we got Arizona twice and Kentucky. But I mean, everybody, everybody on the schedule is good. Um, you got to go out and play good softball um, every week, no matter who you play. So we're just, you know, We'll take one game at a time and, you know, we're kind of just excited to get started and, and find out where we're at. There's, you know, uh, so much newness and, um, you know, we're not, we're not sure yet what to expect. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think what everybody in the softball world hopes to expect um, is making it to that NCAA regional and then seeing what happens, right? Well, you guys have been there a couple of times. You keep getting sent to UCLA over and over again nothing new for Long Beach State teams in the NCAA postseason. But what have you learned over the last few trips to those regional tournaments that might help you guys the next time you go? Is there, does it feel different? You know what I mean? Is there a way in which you can take advantage of going as much as you guys have gone recently? Hopefully being able to do that again this year. Um, I, I just think it's kind of one year at a time kind of I think the whole season is is part of the preparation for um, the postseason. We it's certainly our goal to get deeper into the postseason. We we kind of struggled a bit last year, 
Um, but I, I think just kind of controlling what we can control, um, playing these, you know, top teams in the country and, and trying to, you know, improve, make adjustments to finding a way to be competitive consistently with, with these top teams. Yeah. I, man, you figure that out. You'll be, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about, what about the, what about the big West? I mean, in, in order to get to that NCAA postseason, you have to be good in the big West. Like what do you think is the key in the big West? And you don't want to be putting yourself in the position you guys were last year, every single year. Uh, so, so what, what's the key in the conference? Yeah. I mean, it's just consistency. Like we did last year, I think rebounding fast. I mean, we had two losses throughout the season and both, I mean, you can't, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. You just got to really kind of stay right in the middle and, uh, you know, keep your vision alive, keep working hard for it and, uh, really keeping the focus on ourselves and, uh, just, you know, continuing to be, be the best that we can be. Um, we know we're going to have to be consistent and you can't really hit a, have a bad weekend altogether and, and, and lose three, or, you know, you got to be able to, to bounce back quickly, which we did last year and, and we needed it every time uh, we couldn't spare, spare one, one more game. So um, in order to have that opportunity at the end. So last question, take us behind the curtain. You guys are a couple uh, weeks away from, from starting the season. What is your schedule like today? What are you doing today to prepare for these games and these tournaments? Um, right now, we just kind of gotten a lot more into situational um, practices where we're, you know, we're not focused as much maybe on a skill level. You know, we're focused more on team offense, team defense, really work in different uh, situations, live pitching situations. We're scrimmaging um, probably three days. Part of the practices, we, we scrimmage every day. Um, just really trying to, to do a lot of live, live situ situational stuff at this point. Because it's go time. It is. It is go time. And uh, just trying to, trying to get as much live preparation as we can. Awesome. Great stuff, Coach. As always, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, best of luck this season. And we look forward to seeing you and the girls out there at uh, LBSU Softball Complex. Awesome. Thank you, JJ. Take care. Okay. Now for something completely different. Andy, I, th I think I've got a good one this week, and I'm very curious to, to hear your answer. You do a lot of traveling, as, as we've talked about. What American city have you been pleasantly surprised by? It doesn't have to be maybe your favorite city, but like which one were you not expecting anything from? And then you leave it going, you know, I can come back here. That, that, was, that, that was a good one. You know, I'm going to actually say and not to uh, have an entire state kind of go, huh? But I would say Dallas. And I don't know what my expectation was about Dallas. Uh, maybe it's too much rooted in media and movies, etc. But there's a lot of history there and food. Food, the food is unbelievable. You know, some of the areas in that downtown um, kind of have the micro breweries and, and all those little great, you know, local restaurants. And if you like barbecue, which I love, 
Um, I would say Dallas. I, I again, I've been there a couple times, and I know the first time I went there, I literally was not expecting much. I went for a work conference, and I came away going, you know what? That's actually a cool city. That's a good one. All right, I like that one. Mostly because you weren't expecting. Are you a history guy? Did you go to Dallas history stuff? Because that city is underrated when it comes to uh, important things that happened in yes, American history. Yes, I, I love history. You know, I studied political science history. You know, in my undergrad, and um, you know, to go to the JFK Museum and and just the history of Texas, which I honestly didn't know that much about. Um, but there is obviously a lot of history going back, um, you know, to 1836 and, you know, its independence movement. So, yeah, I loved it, but I'm a big history guy. I'm going to deviate just a little bit. My favorite city, though, is Washington, D.C., which uh, I know not, not from a politics standpoint, but from a history standpoint. Right. If anyone listening it loves history and has not been to Washington, D.C., it's unbelievable. The museums are ridiculous. It's it, yeah, it's laughable uh, that the you know the rest of the world looks at us and goes, oh yeah, your old stuff is like two hundred years old. But <laughs> if you like, you don't even have to like history. If you just like old things, <laughs> I think Dallas and Washington D.C. Are, are good places to go. Um, my, mine pleasantly surprised by Savannah, Georgia. My sister lived there. We went out to visit, and I just didn't know much about it. I guess um, it's by the river. So you've got water. Uh, you can take your you can take your drinks. You can take them outside with you. You know, plastic cups walking down the street. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and, but the best part is they do this thing, and I I'm gonna forget the name of it. But there's like a park on every other corner. So like it's like a traffic circle type situation where inside each little area is like a nice little park with a bench and trees and all this stuff. Just walking around Savannah, Georgia, incredibly impressed. Um, but I think Dallas is a really good answer because I don't think I've ever heard anybody use well, that answer. Savannah's before. good. I've been to Savannah, although it was many moons ago. But the, you correct me though. But isn't that where the Savannah Bananas are? Isn't that, that is, the minor league team? You know what? I actually have a funny story about that, and I'll make it quick. So yes, they changed their name from the Savannah Sand Nats. That's Sand S A N D Nats uh, to Savannah Bananas for whatever reason. Um, but when I was there visiting my sister, I went to the local store and this is what I always do when I go to a new city. I buy the hat of the minor league baseball team that li- that's playing there. So I go in and the guy's like, oh, they just changed their name to the bananas. But what, what hat size are you? And I tell him, he goes to the back and he comes out and he's like, there were only three sand nat hats left back there and you're getting one of them. They're not making any more. So congratulations. That's so I, awesome. uh, I, I still have my Savannah sand nats hat to remind me of my great trip to Savannah, but yeah, Savannah bananas. I get it. It rhymes. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, but to leave that sand nat mascot behind, it's just a bug smoking a cigarette, swinging a baseball bat. If you can't get behind that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's unreal. Doing. I'm on board. I want the, I want one of the other two hats. That's all I know. <laughs> Great stuff as always, Andy. Thank you so much. Thank you to producer Roger for putting this together. Beach Nation, we will talk to you very soon. Take care.